Hey, the start of something special right here, man. Let's go. Number one fantasy player right here. Got past the line. Shut up. Know the rules. I just want to say this to you. Right now, best in the game. I know. Welcome, everyone, to the Pod After Touchdown Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Mackins, joined by my co-host, Sam Hoppin. Woo! Let's go. How are you doing today? I'm great. It is Wednesday, September 4th. 4th. Man, the 4th one day, One day to, to real football. Yes. Football's here. It's been here. <laughs> yeah. We are so excited. We are actually recording live from Minnesota. So we've got our League of Record draft here this weekend. So we are happy to bring you a little week one Sounds surreal to say preview, and I'm just over the moon. Yeah. NFL 100 is finally here. Yeah, I'm super excited. We've been excited for a month. We've oh, <laughs> yeah. really hyped this up for everyone. Oh, yeah. And it, it is, like, super, super surreal I now. mean, you, you go through the <laughs> stages, like, football is back when training camp starts. Football is yeah. back when the preseason starts. Football is back when the next preseason games start. And... Now football is officially back in our lives. Yeah, and, and Sam mentioned it. We're in uh, the Twin Cities right now. So we are recording this on uh, Saturday, August 31st. And, but we're, you know, we've still got some drafts going, but we're already looking towards week one. Draft so season this is, is You're over. listening to this on Wednesday. Draft season's over. It's time to get ready and look forward to the next part of winning your leagues it is the regular season because you think you might have gotten a good draft grade yahoo spit out an a plus for you but <laughs> hold up you still got more work to do to win that championship get into the playoffs so we are here to hopefully give you that weekly advantage that you need to kick ass so week one preview let's start with the kickoff question and this game is underway which players are you rooting for in fantasy, regardless of whether they are on your teams or not? Yeah, so this is... I, I didn't have trouble with this. It's just like, I'm sort of rooting for everyone. I mean, I'm rooting for the guys on my team. I think a couple players stand out, like Sam Darnold. He shares a first name with me, so like I'm really excited to see how he does. Um, but besides that, obviously... He's got some shiny new weapons in New York. Excited to see what sort of Adam Gase does with him if he turns him into Peyton Manning. Um, Matt Breida is someone who we've been exceptionally high on this entire offseason. So what does he do with the opportunity in San Francisco, especially with Jarek McKinnon likely not playing a big role in this offense. And then finally, Aaron Jones. Uh, obviously, as a Green Bay Packers fan, I want to see how he does. Is he getting the workload? Is LaFleur actually going to be using him a ton? And can he succeed in the tough matchups that he has to start the season? Yeah, so the guys that I'm really rooting for are... Damian Williams, who I've brought up a couple times on this podcast. I think that 
the doubt I want him to prove all the doubters wrong because the doubters are out there like oh he's never carried the ball X amount of times is that is that a little bit of your Kareem Hunt fandom spilling over into oh, the yeah. next guy well, from the Chiefs backfield I don't think I'm allowed to be a it's problematic to be a Kareem <laughs> Hunt fan now and I mean that's the past but now we're in it's it's Andy Reid it's Chiefs running backs like it's Andy Reid I follow these trends in offenses and so I think that Damian Williams as I've mentioned before there's no reason he can't succeed in this and I want yeah. him to prove the doubters wrong about like oh he's gonna get hurt Darwin <laughs> Thompson's gonna take his job like, let's just see him fly this year yeah James Washington's another guy who I think you know the Steelers have drafted him they're great at drafting wide receivers for the most part and even though Dante Moncrief seems to be the one who's locked up that two role, I'm hoping James Washington can translate what he's done in the preseason into uh, you know the regular season for the Steelers. And then my third guy is Darren Waller because if you guys are watching Hard Knocks, that guy is a man rocket, and <laughs> he is also just his story yeah. of coming back from addiction and now he's you know he's been in the league for a couple of years but this seemed everyone's kind of seeing him as this late late round sleeper uh it'd be interesting for him to come in and then he would be like the talk of the nfl season if he breaks out yeah if you haven't watched hard knocks it's it it really is a great story to see him so you know hear about some of the troubles he's had and the fact that he hasn't given up and pushed through and continued to earn his goal and Excited to see what he does this season. I I totally agree with you, and I think it's going to be especially important to see how Derek Carr sort of meshes with him this season as well. So looking forward to seeing that. It's funny because he has less than 20 receptions and 200 yards in his career, even though he's been... I, mean, I think he got drafted like in 2015, so yeah. <laughs> not not a huge track record, but nonetheless a, a, a fantasy darling. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, seems like a darling on that team specifically, so now he just has to step up to the plate. So we'd, I think we'd all love to see that. Uh, so let's move on to our Reddit thread of the week. Take this out. Yeah, so this is one, again, we've talked about our love for Sleeper and... A little bit of distaste for the ESPN platform, and this comes from a, the user Chuck D's MT, and it's titled "New ESPN Site Design Eliminated My Job." Now, t- you hate to see people lose their job, and especially someone in the job of league commissioner, basically ESPN taking away his entire job and being able to do <laughs> anything with with this league and the lack of customization that you can use. I I just thought it was funny because I thought this guy was just going to go on a rant of, oh, I was a site designer at ESPN and now they don't need me. But it was actually just a commissioner bitching about the fact that he couldn't add GIFs and videos to yeah. the website anymore. So I, I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that headline was total clickbait because I kind of <laughs> dropped my jaw and I was like, no. And, and I assumed the same thing. It was like, Oh, this agile design system, and I don't have a job anymore. But <laughs> and I'm starting to read it, and I'm like, oh, God, this ESPN app does kind of suck. Now. <laughs> uh, and like, you don't get the historical. I think that was the big thing on Reddit a few months back. Is they, there's they, no historical data anymore for leagues. They took it away, and then they added some of it. So I think you can see like some of the matchup level stuff, but it's not nearly as granular as what you once had. But. Yeah, and I'm hoping that Sleeper has that as we go forward just because 
you know, our conversation last night was about all of our past seasons and like our biggest fantasy memories within our like your and your guys' home leagues. And I think that that's important to be able to have that, you know, documentation. So uh, I think sleeper greater than ESPN <laughs> is what we're getting at. <laughs> um, at least we hope so this this upcoming season. But in any case, let's move into the meat of the show, our week one preview. Week one. Let's go. And we're going to talk about a few different things, but the, the majority of it is going to be just what are we looking forward to in week one uh, from a matchup perspective and what in those matchups are we most excited for. So there's 16 games in week one. Ooh, uh, full and slate. <laughs> we've got six games that we wanted to highlight for you, and I'll let you start. Sam. Yeah, and I, I, just to add to that, I think the, the thought process for us is we'll, we'll talk through a couple things that we are looking forward to in the week ahead. And then after the week, we'll sort of digest and recap what actually happened in those games and the things specifically that we were looking for. And then again, name a, a couple more things afterwards that are we're looking forward to in the following week. So this is something that we've mentioned time and again, and it's, it's the 49ers and Eagles backfield and what ends up happening with those. I, I, I don't think that we'll get the full story in week one, but there hopefully there will be some trends in the usage for Tevin Coleman and Miles Sanders leading those backfields respectively. I I fully expect them to be the work not the workhorses because I don't think they'll either team will have that role at least from the start, but get at least two thirds of the carries in these first two games and they I mean they play pretty easy opponents in the Eagles playing the Redskins and the 49ers playing the Buccaneers so they have the ability to get off to really good starts and I think it'll just be interesting to see how those get split up and what ends up happening yeah especially because well Jordan Howard doesn't have catching ability but in, in San Francisco specifically I think both Coleman and Brita can catch out of the backfield. So it's like, are they going to just you know bring in whoever's freshest? Uh, and then who ends up getting more of the goal line work based on just the situations within the game? Uh, that'll definitely be something to follow. Uh, especially because McKinnon has been having all these setbacks. He's yeah. getting paid to rehab, <laughs> essentially. It's which, a shame. I mean, with the whole Andrew Luck stuff, we know that's tough on a player. But uh, it's basically Coleman and Brita, and that's all that you have to worry about for now. Yeah, and I... I think, too, these two situations are, I mean, it's reflected in their depth charts, but a lot of fantasy people are just sort of slotting both of these players into the starting role based on what's happened and the contracts that they signed, the draft stock that the teams have put into them, and will it actually turn out this way, or will Philadelphia use Jordan Howard to start because he is a veteran and sort of knows how to not necessarily play the game, but ha he has that experience. And will Matt Breida take more carries because he's been in that system longer, even though Tevin Coleman is getting matched up with Kyle Shanahan again? So again, really, really looking forward to seeing how that plays out. I'm going to be doing a weekly running back by committee report for number fire. So these will certainly be two areas of focus for me in the first couple of weeks just to see how they play out but again really looking forward to 
to seeing what happens. Yeah, we'll definitely check in with you on those uh, pieces to make sure that we're staying on top of you know what those backfields actually look like as opposed to what we you know just see with, uh, to our to eyes on Sunday. Yep. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, one of the noon games on Sunday, and that is Rams Panthers. And this is this is one of two matchups at noon that I'm really excited about. Uh, and for Rams Panthers, it's really going to be you know mostly the players that I'm looking at that we're you know going into week one might have some injury concerns uh it's been talked about throughout the year or throughout the off season it's been kind of on and off for both of them but Todd Gurley you know how's this arthritic knee gonna yeah. hold up are they gonna give him a lot of work early on and is he still gonna be involved in the passing game uh or are they gonna be more pass heavy because they've got Jared Goff and three wide receivers going in the first four or who were drafted in the first four rounds of drafts I think that McVeigh's, you know, smart enough to, you know, change the offense any which way he wants. And then on the other side of the, uh, the other offense, other team in the Panthers, Cam Newton. He's for everything I've heard. There's no problems with his new throwing motion, but I think he developed a new injury. Is it a foot or something like that? So is he all right? And is he going to be able to? You know, hold up across the season. I, I think he'll be fine in this first game, um, but it'll just be, you know, cool to see. Oh, we won't think DJ Moore is going to be great. We think Curtis Samuel is going to break out. Let's see how Norv Turner's, you know, second year with the Panthers roster is going to flourish as well. I think that's something that people don't talk about as much in terms of like offenses. Like, Norv Turner's offense was great for McCaffrey last year. Yeah. Uh, let's see how it benefits these wide receivers, you know, in their like. Both potential years. Yeah, breakout yeah. years. Yeah, from a an NFL game perspective, this is certainly could be the best matchup of the week. I mean, you've got two high-powered offenses with a lot of superstars, two of the best running backs in the league, two quarterbacks who have proven that they can be some of the best in the game at certain times. Both defenses are are pretty good, so I wouldn't expect it to be a 42-45 shootout, but you know, a, a couple touchdowns here and there with some big defensive plays as well. Again, it, it, it'll it be, again, like you said, interesting to see, because I think this will be a competitive game, how the Rams manage Gurley's workload. You know, if they're getting blown out or getting blown out or beat or blowing out the Panthers, yeah. then it's a little bit easier for them to say, okay, let's throw Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson in because, yeah. like, let's not put Tread on his tire while the game's totally out of hand, but mm -hmm. while it's close, do they do they start to take some of the snaps off? You know, maybe they take him off in some of the passing situations where he's not necessarily going to get the ball, just so he doesn't have to take the extra snap to run the route. I know that was a big thing with McCaffrey's game last year that the Panthers have talked about this year is we're not necessarily going to limit his touches, but we're going to limit or you know reduce his snap count a yeah. little bit because then he's not he doesn't have to exert all the effort to go run a route 30 yards downfield on a wheel route or something like that so that that certainly saves his legs in a little bit and again yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to this matchup a ton yeah to, to that point like we're highlighting six out of these 16 games and I know you know if you're listening to this not all of you might have red zone and where you're just watching all of the touchdowns like we will uh, plan to be uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week but if so if you can and if it's in you know your cable package or whatever this would be like one of the top games to watch or 
you know, if you have Game Pass, watch this one, <laughs> rewatch this one first after uh, week one's over. But let's move on to the next uh, thing that you're trying to look at, Sam. Yeah, so we're going to go from a matchup of two playoff potential teams and, you know, a lot of starting caliber players for fantasy to a couple dumpster fire-ish teams and the Cardinals and the Lions playing each other. But there are some diamonds in the rough potentially to be had. I mean, everyone, I think, really wants to see what this air raid Cardinals offense is going to look like. The first preseason game, Kyler Murray in that first drive looked fantastic. He made all of his throws. He was able to scramble when the play broke down. But then the past couple preseason games haven't been nearly as good. And this Lions defense certainly has areas to exploit. Their defensive line is fantastic. So you would expect them to get some pressure on Murray. But again, he's got his legs. So does that give him 50, 60, 70 rushing yards Mm -hmm. on on the game after he's scrambling for his life? And... How does David Johnson perform with this? And what, when Kyler Murray is passing, who's he passing the ball to? Because their wide receiver depth is freaking ridiculous. And it's just, I think it's going to be spread a little bit too thin for many of these guys to be totally relevant. Well, it's ridiculous, but in a really weird way. Like, because it's, they're in the preseason, they're throwing to all these different guys. So you don't really know who's going to get all the targets, like you were saying. So, I mean, we, I think, regardless of who's been on that team, Larry Fitzgerald is still, like, the unquestioned yeah. number one just based on his experience. And then you've got all these other guys who are, you know, you hope to see them get looks like Christian Kirk, obviously, probably Andy Isabella, but then you see all these other guys getting reps in the preseason. It's like, well, is Demir Bird actually going to see the field? Michael it, Crabtree's there now. Mike, yeah, Michael Crabtree's there. Is that just for a locker room presence? Like... It's ridiculous because they. It seems like they have like nine receivers on the team, <laughs> but maybe some of these guys will end up getting I, cut too. I, I mean, the, the way the air raid system works, it's it's primarily run from ten personnel. So that's one running back, zero tight ends, and four receivers. So you certainly need that depth and want to have that wide receiver depth to make it work because you know you're running so quickly. Yeah, up, up tempo, all that sort of stuff. So you can maybe switch in a wide receiver if one's yeah. getting tired, stuff like that. Well, so if they're going to run like ninety plays a game, the air which is too definitely not going to happen. If they're um, running a ton of plays, then you're going to have to switch out receivers at some point. But so. I, I think again, the Lions are one of these teams where their defense isn't terrible, but it's not great. So it'll be a good gauge of sort of how this Cardinals offense could look. And then on the flip side. With the Lions, what happens with on Johnson in this passing game? Because with Theoretic gone, there were a couple times in the preseason where they took him out on third down and they put in C.J. Anderson and Ty Johnson. So what what is his actual involvement going to be? Is he going to have his highest ceiling? I think, again, this Cardinals off defense is absolutely trash. So he's gonna, <laughs> I think he's going to be able to run all over them. I mean, Dalvin Cook ripped off an 85-yard touchdown against them in the preseason a couple weeks ago. And I think Kerryon Johnson's up for a huge game in week one. Yeah. I think the the thing thinking about, you know, Kerryon's prospects is if CJ Anderson gets either 10 plus carries or runs for a touchdown and Kerryon doesn't have one of his own in this game, 
then I'm already panicking as yeah. a carry-on owner, <laughs> which is not how you want to start your week one. But we don't. It's one of those things where we just don't know. So that's why, as Sam said, we have to watch it. So the next game I want to cover is Falcons Vikings, another potential shootout, or could be very similar in um, matchup quality to Rams Panthers, maybe like a, a half step down. Uh, but I'm, you know, obviously as the resident Julio lover on this podcast. <laughs> I am really interested in seeing if Dirk Cutter coming back to Atlanta is going to be, you know, same offense, different coordinator. And I'm curious to see if the Vikings after this offseason have really figured out their offense and could uh, go back to what they were like more two seasons ago where, you know, Dalvin Cook's healthy. You've still got uh, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. So you can have a really balanced attack. Uh, on that offense, and with Gary Kubiak as this, you know, advisor to Kevin Stefanski, the Vikings offensive coordinator, is this like zone running scheme going to help him flourish? I think we saw some flashes in the preseason that it definitely will, but let's see if this uh, Fal- this healthy Falcons defense is actually good enough to stop that, or if it's going to be a shootout and is Dirk Cutter going to be able to, you know, call the right plays to get Julio three touchdowns in this first game? Yeah, I think a lot, you know. <laughs> Because Dirk Cutter is back, he was with Matt Ryan a couple of years ago. They're just sort of ex- a lot of people are expecting the same, which is fair. I think Dirk Cutter has experience, obviously, as the Tampa Bay coach the past couple of years. Matt Ryan's way better than Jameis Winston. And, mm-hmm. you know, Julio and Mike Evans are pretty similar. Calvin Ridley and now Chris Godwin are pretty similar, but they threw the ball like crazy. Now, how does Devontae Freeman get? ingrained in this offense now that he's back and healthy can Austin Hooper break out like you mentioned a couple weeks ago in our bull take uh, prediction series just to you know will he get the targets that we might expect and then again like you said on the flip side the the Vikings are they going to run the ball nearly as much as Mike Zimmer has talked about because all the analytics say don't and they have two of the best receivers in the game like yeah it makes sense for them to have Thielen, Diggs, Cook I mean they could throw Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith on the yeah. field at the same time too and that's those are five playmakers where you could run the ball you could pass the ball from literally any to any guy on the field yeah basically. any guy on the field from from any formation is the word oh, I was looking yeah. for <laughs> um and it would surprise the defense, you know, depending on the way it's set up. So, yeah, this is this is one, it, despite how good the Vikings defense is, this could be a very, very high-scoring game. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So, Sam, you have a, another game kind of with the uh, middling to lower-tier teams that you want to watch. Yeah, but these are teams that are on the rise, and that's the Bills and I mean, the hopefully. Jets. They, <laughs> I mean, the Jets... Logo, isn't it like swooping to be up on the rise, right? Um, <laughs> are they taking off or are they landing? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, hopefully they're taking off. But two second-year quarterbacks in this game in Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. I, I mentioned earlier that Sam Darnold's someone that I'm really excited to see this year and excited to see him flourish. I think, you know, with the new weapons that both of this these offenses have, it's it's drastically different than what we saw last year because again I think that you know Robbie Anderson is still in New York Weapon. but they've got 
Chris Herndon, who Weapon. will be back in a couple of weeks. They have Jamison Crowder and the biggest difference maker, Le'Veon Bell. How does how does that get worked in with Adam Gase's offense? And then for the Bills, I, I really think John Brown is set up for a big year. And because of Josh Allen's big arm, I think Josh Allen still has a bunch of accuracy issues. And how does Cole Beasley help with that as well? Mm-hmm. And... With LaShawn McCoy's "quote unquote" surprise release, what <laughs> you know is Frank Gore gonna be the starter week one just because Ugh. he's a veteran, or does Devin Singletary automatically? Uh, you know, I think this could be another backfield where this carries are split pretty evenly at the start of the season, and again, look out for someone maybe dropping Devin Singletary because he's not getting those carries, and then. Or, you know, potentially a buy low candidate if Frank Gore is taking up more than you yeah. might expect. I feel like if you could somehow swing a trade week one, before week one happens for Devin Singletary, do it now. Because the path for him to become a starter just became a lot easier. Yeah, And at, at worst, people would be projecting him to be like the Kenyon Drake to Frank Gore of last year. Like Mike, Clay, I saw this morning uh, that Mike Clay projects Singletary for like 13 touches a game. I'm like, I'd buy that in a heartbeat yeah. and with opportunity for it to go up in the season. Yeah, I mean, people forget too that TJ Yeldon is still there at the time Ugh. of this recording. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... That's true. To us, it's not... It's a... But to the Bills, the Bills it's, he'll be a, a role he'll, he'll player. Get, yeah, he'll be a role player. He'll get mixed in on third downs and... You know, uh, to relieve these other two guys, but um, could be again a high flying game. It, it, you know, the Jets they're high flying. Yeah, so. I think watching all of these quarterbacks is one of the overarching themes. Just because yeah. we've probably talked about it before, but like just in fantasy analysis or the community, everyone's like, all these players are going to break out this year, but only so many of them are actually going to, unless the NFL on the whole goes for another like historic scoring season, right? And so between Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Mitchell Trubisky, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, who's probably, because he's on the Browns and what their offense looks like is actually a step above them in terms of expectations and based on what he did last year. But you've got six guys there that are all like really young and I mean, hopefully a quarterback class that we get to watch yeah. for like the next decade and being like, you know, in a lot of fun games and battles for us to watch. But I think in this year, only a portion of those guys are going to actually make the jump. So that's why watching all of them right away is going to be one of the more intriguing things. Um, Yeah, and this brings up a larger point. I mean, this game is sort of a microcosm of the bigger picture of the second year quarterbacks from last year. There's a stat that I read that since 2012, Quarterbacks drafted in the top 15 overall when it combined 45 and 70 as rookies. And then in year two, they went it combined 97 and 56. So there's a huge jump in how well these top quarterbacks perform. I mean, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson's lumped in there too, I think, even though he was drafted at the end of the first round. I mean, he was 6-1 and one in the regular season when he started. I mean, I... I I think there's a lot of potential for these guys if especially if you're in a dynasty league like oh, yeah. I I would want one of these guys so bad as mm. opposed to I mean 
I'd probably still probably take Rodgers over a lot of them, but over a Big Ben, a Drew Brees, guys who are at the tail end of their career, yeah. I think there's just a ton of potential for all of these guys with the weapons they're all adding, the the new coaches that they have. I think, yes, some of them will end up busting, but I'm really excited for all these young quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm with you there. So we've got one more game that we want to cover, and it's one that I'm eyeing up uh, late night on Monday, where we get the, the only double header of Monday night football all season. It's always week one. And it's uh West Coast game, Broncos versus Raiders. Divisional matchup. I think it should be a pretty good game because they're both in that like middle tier... I mean, the Raiders were really bad last year, but because of hard knocks, all the hype is around them. Are they going to live up to that? Are guys like Josh Jacobs, who we haven't even seen on hard knocks, uh, going to show up in this game and make a splash really early? And is AB going to come out there and be like, yep, same old receiver. Derek Carr can actually throw the deep ball, whether people believe it or not. And they're just going to, is it going to be gangbusters for the Raiders right away? <laughs> Uh, but they're going up against Denver defense, which is a bit tougher than most. Um, I think it'll be a good matchup in general. Yeah. Um, I'm mainly watching the Raiders side, but in terms of uh, running back committees, the whole Philip Lindsay Royce Freeman uh, tandem there will be interesting. Don't forget about Theo Riddick. Well, Theo Riddick's hurt. <laughs> I'm not worried about Theo Riddick. Uh, don't scare. Don't let that scare you in these early weeks because he's he's hurt. He's not playing. Like okay. So anyway, I, I think those are two things to watch that Denver backfield because I think they're usually got a pretty good run offense in Denver that's kind of their shtick I mean Joe Flacco's not going to be doing anything crazy uh and then the the stars for the Raiders are they going to be big enough playmakers to make an impact I tell you what man this Josh Jacobs guy I think he's got a lot of potential out there we haven't seen much of him from the preseason which I don't know is concerning or not but you know what, I, man, I just think this guy is a primetime player. He's he's definitely got the ability to be a big-time back. Um, that was my... Glennon, Glennon. Need a lot of neck on this team. <laughs> um, but, Gruden voice aside, I, jo- again, we haven't seen anything from Josh Jacobs, really, at all this preseason. Like, he hasn't been featured on Hard Knocks. He's barely played in the preseason at all, and... A lot of people are expecting to get this workload. I think some people are more bullish on the role that Jalen Richard will have in this offense oh, in yeah. the passing game. Does Jacobs take some of that from him, or is it the same thing we had last year with Marshawn and Jalen Richard? So I, I'm really, really interested in Josh Jacobs. I I really like him. Mm-hmm. You know, taking him in the third round in and drafts this past season so i think you know ab i think is slotted for a ton of targets but how they use josh jacobs in the run and the pass game will certainly dictate a lot of seasons i think going forward yeah it'll definitely be interesting like jacobs history or gruden's history with running backs and how jacobs is going to fit into that i don't know like from analyst analyst if this like what people's consistent takes are but i'm thinking as the uh, Damian Williams truther here, people are very concerned about his workload, but I haven't heard nearly as many concerns about Josh Jacobs coming in, who's never played in the NFL before, and what and like if he can handle a workload that's going to get him, you know, the stats that we all expect in a John Gruden offense. So yeah. I think that's interesting too. Is like we don't know. There's a lot of 
film from college that indicates that they're talented. But some players make the transition to the NFL and some don't. And it, it'll just be, you know, I'm, I'm not like rooting for Jacobs to fail by any means. But I think there's, you have to have the, a consistent level of skepticism if you think that Damian Williams is, you know, poised to break down, that that could happen to Jacobs too. Yeah. And then that's where, you know, Jalen Richard, keep him on your radar. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the counter argument then is like, well, he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tire. So they're able to ride him for quite a bit and not worry about him breaking down. But right. Well, if good. he doesn't have, Williams, 300 carries. <laughs> if he doesn't have that experience, how, how does that play into? But a lot of great things to look out for week one. We are very excited. What we'll do again next week is sort of look back at these things that we're watching out for to see how they end up playing out and what's what's the NFL landscape look like a week from now because I'm <laughs> sure it will be drastically different than any of us ever expected. But please follow us on Twitter at PodAfterTD. You can follow myself at Sam Hoppin. You can follow Andrew at Andrew Mackins. And you can follow our producer at Garther. But with that, good luck in week one. Let's all get a W and the kick, kick is, is good! Far lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. It, or did he came in? The catch in the 15? Yeah. What are they gonna roll? Did he caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Ref was he, right on there, I think. Oh man! Well, the Packers are going wild, the crowd's going wild.